following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome to Retro. I am one of your hosts. I'm Johnny Townsend. I'm joined by General Matt Johnson. Sergeant, how the hell are you? I'm doing pretty dang good. Uh, I'll tell you this. I'm digging in and I'm not going anywhere. That's right. Today, we're going to remember the Alamo. Uh, This month, of course, is basically history month, you might as well say. Yeah, And uh, I'm going to bring you the story of the Alamo. And uh, I say we just dive right in. So, Matt, let's get into our personal history with the Alamo. The legend of the Alamo and its role in Texan independence is pretty well known. So even though I could probably spend an hour talking about the background leading up to this battle, let's just go with the 15-second cliff note version. In short, about 200 men were holed up in a ramshackle defensive position, far from assistance and reinforcement, facing down a force of several thousand Mexican troops. Not the kind of odds you'd want to take as a betting man. And, spoiler alert, the 13-day siege does not end well. Well, I mean, I think I can speak for us both when I say that uh, we're history buffs. I love history. I know for a fact you do, too. It's just always, it's always been my favorite subject. It's my favorite subject in school. Uh, you know, it just piqued my interest. And there's just so many avenues of history you can go down. Just so many, there's something for everybody, if you ask me. And oh, yeah. uh, the Alamo always, you know, always kind of knew about it. Uh, but what really, really made it, there, there's been two places in my life, uh, two places that in my lifetime that I've visited that when I sat foot there, like you just felt it, right? Uh, one of those was Gettysburg. Yeah, went to Gettysburg once, and the second that I sat foot, even in the parking lot, I just felt it. And then the other one was the Alamo. I was very fortunate. Uh, like like over a decade ago, this place that I worked at, they sent me to San Antonio for a business trip. Uh, one of the only times I was ever ever sent on a business trip. <laughs> so maybe that tells you how good I did on said business trip, but. <laughs> Uh, I got to go to San Antonio, which, by the way, I really love that city. Uh, it's it's uh, It has a lot to do for me. I'm a very boring person, though, also, I will admit. Uh, but I really love, they got like a, I forgot what it's called. It's like there's a river that runs through the middle of San Antonio. They got like a walkways on both sides of it. And that's sort of like the, the it's called something, but it's a very popular part of town. There's a lot of restaurants and stuff down that way and um it's a honestly it's a beautiful city if it wasn't so freaking hot because i went there in the middle of the summer and if it wasn't for that i would have really really loved it i really loved it uh but the alamo uh was a place that i told myself i'm going to make sure that i go to the alamo right i can't go to san antonio and not see the alamo and luckily the hotel that they put me in was like oh it was less than a mile from there okay. so 
it was yes very easy to get there um and uh i even uh even got to take a tour of san antonio uh what was it called uh, a segway tour first time i'd ever ridden a segway uh, that was a lot of fun. I only fell once. I was very proud of myself. That's not too bad. That's not too bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, segways were a lot of fun. Uh, but the Alamo itself, I got to visit it, and man, it really, it really kind of hits you, especially if you're aware of the, you know, the at the very least the basics of what happened there, of the all the tragedies and such. And um, but yeah, it was it was pretty. Well, surreal, I guess I should say, uh, just to even see like the front of the building, because there's really I mean, I'll get into it when we get into the history, but there's really not a lot of the Alamo left. Right. There's only basically pieces of it that are still standing. And, I'll, and we'll get to why but it's had a rough history. We'll just say that. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, so that's kind of the Alamo for me. I got this. I did get to see it. It's one of the so jealous it's one of the historic places i got to see i'm very uh proud of that aspect since i love history so much it's i would probably put it number two only gettysburg beating it uh, for being a surreal moment in my life of places i got to visit that have uh, historical significance what about you matt well first and foremost I, i i looked up that river that you were talking about that runs that ran through san antonio that you were mentioning um it is called the san antonio river Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I was disappointed that that, that was the there's the name of it, but it's um, called it's, it, the river is called that. But there's like a there's a couple of little parts pieces to it. There's the uh, uh, Guadalupe River, which is the mouth of it. But yeah, the big one that runs through it is San Antonio. It's they have a river walk. That's it. Yes, yeah, thank you. San Antonio Just, River Walk. Yeah, which yeah, is the really river cool. Walk yeah. Is, the river walk. If you take if you ever go to San Antonio. Uh, I encourage you to do the river walk at night. It's really nice. And there's a lot of places you can eat and check out while you're, as I say, dining, shopping and cultural experiences. Yeah. Um, But I, I unfortunately have never been to the Alamo. Um, I've actually, uh, you know, I've been to Florida. I've never really been out that way, but Texas is one of those destinations that I kind of want to go. I have several friends that live down there. They moved down there from New York. They absolutely adore it. They love it. Um, but there's a lot of history that goes on in San Antonio uh, or just Texas in general. But uh, as far as the, the Alamo goes, you know, you always, I always hear about it um, uh, in history and passing. There's not really good, really like an in-depth look at it. Uh, not that I can remember, at least it's such a brief thing. Like the timeline is not long at all. Right. Uh, but it's it's very important. It it would end up being the ultimate symbolism, I think, yeah. uh, for the reason for Texas independence from from Mexico, which you know obviously that's going to be we're going to dive into that today. But you know I'm a big Star Wars guy, and uh, it reminded me about how the Empire used in in both uh, canon and and uh, legends the the explosion of the first Death Star to, to really vilify to try and use it against the rebels um, for to, yeah. to rally support right um, oh God and, they, they took yeah. us out and these monsters and really human cry. history in human history uh, whatever side takes a big hit like that has always done that you know America United States has done that multiple times sadly yeah uh, you know Pearl Harbor 9/11 those type of things uh, it 
you know, it's just uh, sometimes it takes a a tragedy to kind of unite people together. Sadly and unfortunately, um, that is 100% accurate. So um, it's a cool one. I, I did, a, you know, doing some research. I watched some videos today. I had a couple hours to kill at work, uh, just, just waiting for my day to be done. So I watched some videos. Uh, it's a it's a really cool it's a really cool story. Sad, um, but cool and powerful. And uh, I'm really glad that we get to cover this today because this is not something, well, you know, we don't do history shows, really like history, history, not like, you know, in the sense that you do and like history creeps, you know, the paranormal stuff. We don't get to do like American history or anything like that in any of our other shows. So, yeah, and we're going to have some big names pop up in this, too. Oh, right? yeah. A lot of legends of the West, uh, essentially, uh, Westward yeah. expansion, that sort of thing. So, um but yeah, so that is uh, that's my personal history. So let's get into the history of the Alamo. The Battle of the Alamo was fought in 1836 during the Texas Revolution. In the early 1820s, to populate the north of their country, the Mexican government allowed Americans to move into Texas. With cheap land and tariff exemptions, Americans in Texas quickly outnumbered Mexicans. By 1830, Mexico outlawed further immigration from the United States and introduced new taxes, angering the Texans. In 1833, General Santa Ana was elected as Mexican president, and a petition was sent to him with a series of Texan requests. Some were granted, but the appeal of separate statehood for Texas was rejected. After taking power, Santa Ana brought in laws making himself dictator. To enforce tax laws and keep authority, 500 Mexican soldiers were sent to Texas, but they soon clashed with Texan settlers. After a string of defeats and besieged in San Antonio, the Mexican forces surrendered. So the Battle of the Alamo was during the War of Independence from Mexico and would last uh, around 13 days from February 23rd to March 6th, 1836. That's just to give you an idea of when this is happening and to put that in uh, a sort of a timeline with uh, American history, that's about uh, a little under 30 years from the American Civil War, just to give you an idea. Uh, December 1835, uh, Texan volunteer soldiers occupy the Alamo, uh, which was then a Franciscan mission near San Antonio. We'll, I'll get more into this later in the did you knows, but uh, the Alamo, while most people think of it as a fort, and technically it was, but that wasn't all it was the whole time it's been there. It's been right. other, it's been something else, mainly, honestly. Yeah, it was fortified more so in research uh, to defend from Native American attacks, yeah. um, which were you know a, a very uh, a very common thing as as uh, westward expansion. Um, God, what the heck do they call it? Manifest destiny. Manifest destiny. Uh, yeah. Oh man, I haven't said that in a long time. Uh, side, man- note, <laughs> side note: Manifest destiny is also the name of I don't think it's still going on of a fantastic comic that uh, took like the history of the Lewis and Clark thing and really turned it on its head. Uh, it's a very very good. Highly recommend. Uh, one of my favorite independent comics that I ever read. Hmm. There's a lot. Of, there be monsters. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. Getting back to the Alamo, uh, during its time, the Alamo itself would be, and San Antonio, when we say the Alamo, you might as well also throw in San Antonio to this, uh, would be controlled many times by Mexico or Spain, you know, kind of going back and forth. This is back when Texas was not uh, part of the United States yet, right? Uh, so you got to remember that too. 
uh, we're just now kind of going out, like Matt was saying, and spreading our oats out west during this time. And so a lot of these are either territories or we just flat out do not own these places, that type of thing. Uh, in the 1820s, uh, that's when U.S. families would start to move into Texas. Uh, Spain said it was cool. <laughs> Spain, said, <laughs> Spain said, sure, go ahead and do that. You know, they didn't they didn't even bother asking Mexico if it was cool. They just said, hey, uh, yeah, you can move here. We said it was fine. Just fine. And if Mexico <laughs> says anything, just tell them Spain said it was A-OK. Uh, but, but, of course, this would cause sparks to erupt between Mexico and the United States, which makes sense, right? Yeah. Kind of coming in on their territory. Uh, also, let me also just say, I'll put this out here now. Uh, a, I'm sorry if I'm rushing. We have storms in my area. So just a <laughs> little underlying thing there. And I want to make sure we get through this. But also, this is an overview of the Alamo. Uh, there's a plenty of really good documentaries you can watch on this that I really encourage you to see. Um, the causes, the actual causes of the Alamo, there's multiple reasons, not just the ones that we're giving you. Uh, there's other little things that a lot of experts say are part of it. Uh, everything from, uh, of course, during this time, slavery being something that's involved to, uh, you know. Yeah, the, eventually it becomes a big thing because the, the Mason-Dixon line, right. additional states, uh, free and slave states, they try to balance it out for, for national voting stuff. It, it does. It, Texas becomes a big part um, because of how just, yeah, well populated it is at that yeah. And uh, Mexico itself, I believe during this time, is actually trying to abolish slavery. And so that becomes a big, obviously a big deal to them. I feel weird saying a big deal because it's even bigger than that. I feel yeah. like I'm, you know, I'm just kind of, <laughs> oh, it's a big deal. It really is a, <laughs> a huge thing, obviously, and it should be. Uh, December 1835, uh, Texan volunteers led by George Collingsworth and Benjamin Milan. Uh, seized control of the Fort of uh, the Fort Alamo in San Antonio. I want to say Fort of Alamo for some reason. I don't know why I'm doing that, but there we go. It sounds cool. It does the Fort of Alamo. The Texan commander in chief, and here's a big name. This is a huge name, guaranteed. Uh, you've heard this name before if you know anything about history. Uh, the commander in chief of these forces, a man by the name of Sam Houston. That's a big name. Uh, there was a maybe a giant city in Texas named after him. I don't know. Just maybe out there. Also, pretty decent uh, pro wrestler. NWA, seventies, <laughs> seventies parts, eighties. Sam Houston, you know, Davy Crockett, uh, Ric Flair, big, big time, big time stuff yeah. down there. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Sam Houston uh, was thinking that since this is getting kind of hairy, right? In in san antonio they really don't have a lot of troops there uh and he knew that the uh, the mexican forces were kind of on their way and he just thought we should just let this go it's not worth us you know losing uh losing here we're going to get demolished it's not a good idea so sam houston was like let's let's just kind of pack, pack up everything and leave however some did not agree, obviously. And uh, led by James Bowie, uh, who's another big name, and William Travis, uh, around 200 soldiers decided they were going to stay there, dig in, and uh, you know, and fight. They weren't going to let 
San Antonio and the Alamo go to the Mexicans. Uh, also included, of course, during this. And even then, he was incredibly famous. This guy, uh, you know, was well known, hugely well known. Uh, the, you know, the king of the wild frontier. This guy, a former congressman from Tennessee, Davy Crockett. That's right. I remember when I first learned that David Crockett was in the Battle of the Alamo and my brain exploded. Because <laughs> I always thought he was uh, this 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 folklore person. Yeah. I'm sure his his legend got spiced up a little bit, but right. Um, but I read books about him as a child and to hear that he was an actual, you know, you know, like, like alongside the likes of like Johnny Appleseed or or some, yeah. you know, some of these other characters and to hear that he's an actual person. Uh, really, really cool. And I've always had a fondness for for Davy Crockett. Yeah, I may have to cover him one day. Uh, just to, oh, we for, could do we could do an American like uh, American Legends kind of month. Oh, something like man. that. Oh. oh, I like that a lot. I like how we're forming this on the air. Uh, <laughs> all right, I like that idea though. Uh, store that, store that in our memory banks. Uh, February twenty third. That's when General Antonio Lopez de Santa Ana. Or we're just going to refer to him as General Santa Ana. Another big name during this, by the way. Uh, brought his large Mexican force. Uh, the numbers on this, and I'm sure Matt will get into it later, kind of vary. But let's just say that the 200 men the Texans had paled in comparison. <laughs> yeah. So for those, I know that you know we're a pop culture show, and I'm sure many of you we've covered Lord of the Rings before. All right. Yeah. So basically, the uh, the 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 Texians, as they called themselves, there was the Texians, they were Anglo American Texan residents that moved in. Uh, you know, Texas, they are the Rohan. All right. They are protecting Helms deep and, and the Mexicans are the, the goddamn Urukai and with the berserkers <laughs> and the orcs moving in 10,000 strong, um, wipe them out all that star Wars. <laughs> Anyways, that's, that's the comparative. That's the comparison right yeah. there. Helms yeah. deep is probably a really good comparison. The only thing I would say is actually, it is actually pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. The only thing I would say is. You know, if you look back at this, both sides of this, I don't think either one of them were exactly evil in this. It was kind no, of no, 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 no. That's the you know, both of them sort of had uh, a reason, right? Like they were kind of justified. Different, uh, different views. Um, yeah, you know, good and evil is is it's usually just an opposing point of view thing, um, and and really there there was no harm. Uh, from what I understand, the, the, a lot of the Texans were upset that, you know, they were invited on to come buy cheap land. Uh, they did low taxes and then Santa Ana took over and raised tax prices on, on the, the, yeah. the incoming. That's where a lot of the a, a lot of issues kind of came into play with 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 both sides. So nothing yeah. really evil, but, you know. Just kind of part of it. It happened. Right? It happened. A, it honestly yeah. happens. I mean, if you're looking at this from Mexico's point of view, uh, they have this land that they've had, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, they, they're finally getting their independence from Spain, which is a huge deal for them. And then Spain still tells America, hey, sure, uh, we don't care if you move into Texas, go right ahead. And, you know, Mexico's like, uh, WTF, fellas. <laughs> what a K? Yeah. Um. So yeah, so the uh, so of course the Mexican forces are are going to siege the fort because if you want San Antonio, you have to take this fort basically. 
Uh, the Texans held out for 13 days. And let's think about that. For 13 days, they held this giant mass of humanity at bay. There's only 200 of them. And that includes women and children. It's not just soldiers, right? Like there's women and children there. And, uh, you know, so because some of these soldiers had families and they didn't go with everyone else. They stayed with their husbands and such. And they're sitting here really putting up one heck of a fight against these uh, farly, this, these forces that farly outnumbered them. Uh, but sadly, on the morning of March, well, sadly for us, probably great for Mexico. Uh, on the morning of March 6th, Mexican forces breached the, an outer wall of the courtyard and they were in, right? So think of it, if we're using this Helms Deep thing as uh, as your way of thinking about this, it's when the Urukai, uh sent that one in with the bombs that blew himself up. Yeah, and, the Berserker, and they were trying yeah, to... Because that yeah. was the weak spot of the wall. And it brought the wall down and they could all get in. So kind of think of it sort of like that. But they get in there and I mean, as soon as they get in, it's it's kind of, that's all she wrote, right? Uh, once you're there, you can actually get in close contact with uh, these people. They don't have the actual fort to protect them uh, and all these things. So it's just, uh, you know, it's it's over fairly quick as soon as they get in there. And General Santa Ana orders his men to take no prisoners. Uh, just a small number of Texans were spared, but most of them were or executed or killed right there who were still alive. Well, uh, I say that uh, Mexican forces themselves didn't come out unscathed. They actually had a lot of loss of life as well, and that number varies. I don't know if, Matt, are you going to get into that? The loss, yes, yes. Okay, all right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so they've lost they've lost two like these 200 men really gave them a beating um they they fought like it's it's really commendable yeah how hard that they fought like it, it's you know that's another another comparable thing 300 movie 300 you know they fought valiantly i yeah. uh, didn't win in the end they were just purely outnumbered but they they did some damage so yeah uh, and most of that damage was in slow motion yeah <laughs> from march to may the Alamo was in Mexican hands. Uh, but, you know, Matt kind of mentioned earlier how short this happens. Uh, and he's right. So let's go into this from March to May. Like, the, you know, uh, that's when Mexico has the Alamo. They've taken over the Alamo and they only have it uh, for a few months. Uh, but the Alamo would become a symbol and a rattling, uh, rattling. That's not a word. A rallying. I can't even now. say that word. It is a now. rallying cry. Uh, for Texas, of course, the very famous moniker, Remember the Alamo. Uh, that's where that came from. And this would lead and help Sam Houston and about a force of 800 to 1,000 Texans would go on to defeat Santa Ana's men on April 21st, 1836, near present-day Houston. I wonder where Houston got its name. Uh, <laughs> This is where they the Oilers. <laughs> this is where, of course, General Santa Ana would be taken prisoner, and he was kind of forced to come to terms with Houston, and that ended that war. Uh, that uh, that May, Mexican forces would be forced to leave San Antonio. However, on their way out, uh, they decided they would demolish a lot of the Alamos fortifications, and that's one of the reasons why, when you go there today. There's way less of a 
uh, structure there than you would think, right? Uh, I don't think a lot of people realize that a lot of it was damaged. It take a it took one heck of a beating and yeah, it was way out. pounded by cannons for you know it for a, a considerable amount of time trying to breach that wall and yeah. uh, and, and and get through. So, yeah. but this uh, and I was gonna say this is a, a pretty important co- thing as well. Like this 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 whole thing like. It became like a 70, 80 year rivalry between the United States and Mexico. That's the, yeah. one of the most interesting things. Uh, this played a big part in like World War One. Like one of the, there was one aspect of World War One where like the Mexico still hated the United States because of the Alamo, because of yeah. Texas. And the Germans actually sent like a telegram to try and get Mexico to invade the United States. And Germany said that they would help them. Like it's, it's a wild thing. Like the United States intercepted it, this telegram, but Germany was ready to play off of that. And that's how bad this, like over one state it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. And this is also, if you think about it, this is, I mean, I want to get into it more on the digi knows, but this is the end of some fairly significant figures in history. I mean, this is where David Crockett dies. Yeah. Right. That's the end of David Crockett, who had one heck of a famous and historic life. And again, we will cover David Crockett. I've already decided that in my head. We're going yeah. to cover David Crockett. Uh, but of course, legends and stuff would spew from the Alamo. And I'm going to talk about those more in the Did You Knows. Uh, but in the meantime, Matt, let's move on to Matt's stretch. All righty. So um, real brief, but I do got some numbers. Uh, I believe Johnny touched on it on the show. The, uh, the, the Texans were about 200 um, at the most. It, it, it's varied between reports, but um, between 185 and 260 soldiers strong. Um, that's what defended the Alamo. All lives were lost. There's actually one there's only one person that did not stay and fight. Uh, they, everybody was given the option to, to stay or leave. Oh, I'm going to talk uh, about this. Oh, you are? Okay. I will <laughs> yeah. leave it that. I'll just leave it at the one. Yeah. One person. Yeah, you can add to that when I get to it. I want you to add to it. Whatever you have. Sure thing. Uh, as far as the invading um, Mexican army. Between 1800 and 6,000 strong. That's what invaded. Um and yeah, like I said, everybody lost their lives at the Alamo, every single one of them. Uh, between killed and wounded soldiers, uh, Mexican 400 to 1600. All right, it's it's a combined uh, little deal right there. Um, yeah, there's been, let's see. There's a movie out called The Alamo. John Wayne's uh, directed in it, and he starred in it. Uh, came out in 1960. It earned $20 million. That's pretty cool there. Uh, I'm sure it's a very dramatic retelling of uh, of the Alamo. I saw it a long time ago. Uh, my grandpa, who I was really close to, was a big John Wayne guy. And so obviously, it was one of the movies that I've seen. I can't remember, though. I honestly don't remember 
if I liked it. <laughs> I want so I need to go back and watch it. It's been. I, I mean, it's John Wayne, so yeah. like maybe. Yeah. I don't know, man. Those war movies used to just hit real good back then. Uh, my yeah. dad and I we used to my my on my dad, we just sit and watch like the old Civil War and in in you know Korea World War Two movies. We just sit and yeah. watch, and they were so well. I'm done. a sucker for a western. That's all my grandpa's fault. So <laughs> for sure. Uh yeah, I mean, there's really not many more stats outside of that. Uh, the 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 price to go tour the Alamo currently, uh, is forty dollars, and it's about a one hour tour. You get to see uh the church, the long barrack, the west wall, the palisade, uh, con- the convento courtyard, the ac- no Jesus Christ, uh, as a qu- ac- never mind main gate, southwest corner, garden exhibit hall, and encampment. Um, there's all sorts of other different tours. Uh, you could do it after. Oh, it, you can do it after dark. Um, there's there's a lot of different tours that uh, you know that it, pretty much like a ghost tour. But there is enough there to kind of get some semblance. Uh, of course, Johnny mentioned, you know, mentioned that he had been there before. There's enough there to get some semblance of what happened and what what the Alamo used to look like. Yeah, uh, uh, which is pretty cool. So, but that's that. Let's head on over to Johnny's. Did you know? Yeah, real quick. If you come to Retropop to learn how to pronounce things, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, you've made <laughs> you made a big mistake, <laughs> dummy. <laughs> All right. So, did you know that during the Battle of the Alamo, there were actually Mexicans on both sides of that battle? Uh, there were some who were actually uh, with the Texians inside the Alamo fighting uh, their fellow Mexicans. Uh, no one knows exactly how or how david crockett died all we know for sure is that he died in the alamo we don't know who exactly killed him how he was actually killed we just know that that's where uh his last stand was we don't know anything for sure uh you know a lot of legends kind of try to say things but if you want to get historical and accurate with that we don't really know and speaking of being historically accurate matt let's get into what you were alluding to earlier uh, there's a very famous legend that William Travis, uh, when he was telling the troops there at the Alamo, he drew a line in the sand, right? And this line in the sand that he drew, he said, uh, if you're willing to fight to the death, cross this line. And every last man except for one, and it's because this person was sick, and he had somebody carry him over it. I mean, it's a really awesome sounding legend, right? This thing sounds incredible. It sounds awesome. Did it happen? Uh, most historians kind of think, eh, no. <laughs> uh, there was a book that came out about uh, like in the 1880s around in there. And that's when this was first uh, seen out in uh, first, like uh, this is the first historical writing of it, I guess you would say. Uh, but 
no one knows for sure because this author claims that one during the Battle of the Alamo, one of the soldiers ran away and uh, during the fight, and that's the one who told him about this drawing in the sand and stuff. That's where that's who he claims the source was, but that can never be verified. So you don't actually know for sure. I'm sure he said something to that effect, but uh, my yeah, guess would be he probably, yeah, my guess would be he probably said, "Hey, uh, you know, this is a, you know, this is going to be bad, but I'm going to stay here and fight. Who's going to fight with me?" Type of deal. I guarantee he probably said something like that. Yeah, he's not like you know some some football coach motivating his guy with some some big pregame speech. At least I yeah. don't, I don't I wouldn't think so. Um, a lot of that stuff does get over, not like blown out of proportion or overhyped, but it, it becomes it, legend. It, it becomes legend and it's hard to refute, but it's like, man, do people really talk like that? Like you think <laughs> about it, but um, yes, Moses Rose, Lewis Moses Rose is the name of the, the one um, that he's the only one to have left uh, the Alamo. That's what, that's what they said. Um, he died in 1850. He was, I mean, <sighs> He looks old in the picture that I found, but <laughs> I, like he looks really old in the picture yeah. that I found. So I, I don't know. He would have been like, I, I guess he would have been in his fifties. But I, I'm that's not, not sure. saying that it didn't happen. I bet some form of it happened, and just as that tale gets told down, you know, little things get added to it. You know, it's like that telephone game that yeah. you always oh, yeah. played as a kid. Yep, where something kind of changes and. And uh, if anybody's any sort of storyteller, you will try to embellish some stuff. I mean, that's just kind of part of it. That's For sure. What happens. Uh, but, you know, uh, it's kind of cool to think that he drew a line in the sand and he said all that because it's, you know, incredibly dramatic and it sounds really cool. But who knows? Uh, I think something like that sort of happened, but I don't know if he was like drawing a line in the sand and people were crossing over. I just think he probably said, hey, this is going to be bad, but I'm going to stay and fight. Who's going to fight with me? Uh, it wasn't until the late 1890s that two women that's adina de zavala and clara driscoll actually uh, started a program to help preserve the alamo it wasn't until then that they were like hey we need to this place is historically significant and we need to take care of it and thanks to them that's why whatever's left of the alamo is actually still there uh, during its 350 plus years of existence uh, when it was actually a working thing, the Alamo was actually only a fort for just a decade. Uh, other than that, it was mainly like a place of worship. Um, it's been everything from like the center of the town there. Uh, I mean, it's it's had a heck of a history, and it's only those last 10 years that it was actually used as some sort of fortification. Right. Which is wild if you think about it, because it just looks like it would be a fort. <laughs> it just looks like it was what it would have been. Uh, and, of course, also, the Alamo has been on everything from postage stamps, T-shirts, and movies. Uh, it's kind of, a, a, you know, if you go down there to San Antonio, and I can vouch for this, at least it was when I was down there, uh, any of your souvenir shops, remember the Alamo is all over the place, right? And I, my one regret from when I went on that trip was I didn't get myself a T-shirt that said, remember the Alamo. I should have done that. <laughs> But I didn't. I didn't. And I'm ashamed to this day. But that's the did you know for the Alamo. Matt, let's get into where the Alamo uh, is in today's Apapa culture.
anytime we get into these historical events, it's especially these ones that happened so long ago now, it's kind of tough to say, right? Obviously, if you live in an area, you're always going to remember the Alamo. It's right there. But, you know, sadly, I think a lot of history does just get lost to time. And I don't know what's going to happen here with this. I think that, you know, Texas is a state that seems to uh, want to preserve its history. And so maybe from that aspect, it's always going to be there. And I I hope so. Uh, You know, the one thing about history, and this is something humanity just fails at again and again, is that history is there for you to learn from it. Correct. Right. And to try to better yourself from it, to make better decisions, to look at the mistakes that were made before you or the mistakes you made yourself uh, earlier in your life. And you learn from those. And hopefully you grow as a person and you make better decisions. But we, you know, here's a secret to that. We just mess up all the time. No. Just constantly it, screwing up. No. And yeah, it's, that's such an important thing you said there, Johnny. Um, Cause I mean, over the last several years, the, the, I mean, it, I shouldn't just say it. it's been, been more prominent now as, as I've, um, you know, gotten older, but you know, it, people try to erase history all the time. Um, it's been going on for years upon years, you know, to, to the, what's the phrase to, to the victor goes history or something like that. Yeah. Like the, the, the victor writes the history, books. the victor writes. Yes. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Uh, the victor writes the history books. So not all things that, you know, we're taught in schools and stuff, and this is a whole conspiracy theory kind of thing, but it's, it's not like historically accurate. We really truly don't know. Um, we don't know exactly what happened in, in a lot of history because things get changed, rewritten, um, for, for, for many, many reasons, but, you know, um, I still remember, and this is a, but this is just a way of me saying that, you know, history, when you're learning it in school, um, at least I know for me, uh, it, it wasn't until I started deep diving into history myself that I learned like real gritty stuff about yeah. a lot of the historical events because you only kind of get the a the bullet points and b they're what sort of disney-fied they're disney-fied right and by that i mean i still remember when the hunchback of notre dame came out the the, the movie the animated movie and i loved that movie as a kid right and i thought it was so good so cool and then when i was in high school i had to read that book right and i but i was excited to because i loved that movie as a kid i was like i'm gonna read this book and the book is so much darker and more twisted. And like these people you think are heroes because of how the movie portrays them in the book, they're anything but that, you know, uh, so it's, it's, it was a real wake up call to the fact that, you know, we kind of change things as we go because we want them to fit a certain narrative uh, narrative yeah. that, that we want to portray. Exactly. And that's not always the case, right? That's, you know, and it's, Man, it's sad we need to learn from it. Uh, the Alamo, I think, as long as there's people who realize that the history is important, and I think there will always be people like that, uh, you know. Uh, the Alamo is just, a, it's the thing that concerns me is just it's a really small place in a really huge area. Uh, this, the Alamo itself, from what I remember, was not very big when I went and saw it, right? It's just like one small thing that's left. 
of what it used to be. It's a shell of itself, literally. And I just hope people realize just how significant history is and how important it is and that people even agree or disagree with these people. People died at these places, right? Uh, Terrible ways before their time. And that's something that I don't take lightly, even even in situations in which I don't remotely agree with what they were fighting for. I still look at it from that aspect. Uh, But yeah. So what do you think, Matt? Where do you think the Alamo is going to stand in pop culture? Do you think it's going to kind of always sort of be there? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if we found out uh, that there's uh, like a. You know, if. um, History Channel is going to do like a like a mini series on it or something like that, right? Yeah, I feel like it's been it's one of those things that you can get drama out of it, live action, TV, movies. How obviously there have been movies done um, on it before. I think the thing that helps the Alamo so much because I I feel like it if you take if you take away certain aspects of this, especially the 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 the, the main catchphrase that came out. Remember the Alamo it could be a very forgettable thing. And there's skirmishes like the, the, the Alamo that have happened so many times, but um, again, the rallying cry that it became and, and helped freeing tech, you know, becoming helping Texas become independent uh, before eventually becoming a state. Um, it, it's that's one of the things that help last for let helps it last for a long time. Um you know, you could talk to probably a lot of kids this day and age, and and they'd probably not very familiar with the Alamo, and it's it's a shame. Uh, I could probably talk to my brother, you know, about it, and he's eight years younger than me, uh, and the schooling uh, changed so much, and, and our interests vary in a lot of things. Yeah, and, and he's just, probably and just never time, heard of the Alamo. And time just changes things. I still remember to this day. Uh, it was, and this was, gosh, like fifteen years ago. I remember I was. Uh, I was like in my early twenties. No, it was only like 10 years ago. I keep making myself older than what I am. I was in my early twenties. And I remember that I, when I was really heavily involved in the church I grew up in and I was kind of teaching the youth and this is all kids in high school. And I brought up, I literally just said the name Johnny cash, right. Thinking like, I just brought him up as a reference to something thinking that obviously everybody's heard of Johnny cash. He's even if you don't like his music, uh, you've, he's a pop culture icon, right? Like it's a name you've heard from history and none of them knew who i was talking about (laughs) and my heart sank a little bit so i know what you mean by this so this is even more important you know this is a historical event this is not a person that historical people were at though right is some of the most some very famous frontiersmen uh and and very important people in american history you know outside of presidents and, and and such these are people who you know, stood on their own two feet and and, and, and did something, fought valiantly uh, for yeah, what they some, for, yeah. for independence for something that they believed in. And, and some of these people were already legends before they even got to this, right? Yeah, it's so. it's there's there's so much history out there. I mean, honestly, if if you want, like me and Johnny, we talk about stuff all the time. Uh, we talk about how much we enjoy and love and cherish history. Uh, I have learned so much more outside of high school, as we've already said, I have, you know, formal, you know, school education, I have picked up books upon books upon books, I have them all sitting at our studio spot. And, 
you know, just read and I just soak in as much information as I can. You learn so much. You just learn so much more things. Again, things you weren't taught at all or little aspects that they, they, uh, they conveniently left out of uh, yeah. some of your history lessons. And a lot, a lot of events that happen in history are way more complicated than what you probably know. Mm-hmm. There's a lot many sides to it. Uh, it's way more. And history itself is dirty. Honestly, it's quite dirty. It's a little gross. And, and gross and grotesque and sad and uh it can make you the reason that i love history is yeah it can make if you really dive into the truth it can make you lose faith in humanity but there's also aspects of it where uh you realize why you can pull for humanity there's both there's that light and the darkness there and you'll find both of those in history um so but you know it's why i think history is so important today but for some reason, some people find it really boring, which I don't get. You know, it's boring. Favorite class you know, in school. Yeah, you know, it's boring. Math. Math is boring. I'm Math sorry. Is it is stupid. <laughs> yes. And stupid. I'm not good at it, and I don't like it. <laughs> I'm. I've been out of high school for, holy shit, almost 13 years now. Oh my god, and uh, still waiting on on Pythagorean theorem to come up in my life. Just saying. I'm still. I'm still waiting on that time where I'm going to get on one train and try to decide when this other train is going to get to where <laughs> my train's going to get to. <laughs> Never uh, once happened. <laughs> maybe someday. Maybe someday. Maybe someday. Oh, man. All right. Well, that's the Alamo. Uh, remember the Alamo. Of course, that means next time, Matt, we're going to talk about something else in history. And what exactly do you have in store for us? All right. So... I, uh, I've been kind of thinking about this one for a little while, a little while now. Um, and t- when I talked to Johnny about wanting to do a history themed month, that was, uh, that was, this is what I want to do. And, uh, you know, I, war is scary. War is gross as we kind of talked about, but war is long fascinated me, fascinated me, um, you know, why people have conflicts and, and all that, but, uh, we're going to talk about the. American Revolution for Independence. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a lot of American legends are born in this in this moment. You know, um, revolting, uh, you know, comfort and uh, comfort in a sense. You know, the status quo, we'll say, uh, yeah. to bring about change, uh, a very scary change. And uh, I'm really, really tremendously looking forward to this tons of books to read up on this as well you know yep. it, it, there's there's so much to go we're not gonna hit everything but um we're it's gonna a major do a subject <laughs> yeah just a little bit just a little it's bit it's pretty big yeah there's a lot there so uh, we'll yeah. try our best uh to, to kind of just to, you know give you get the way you know give it the way that we do things uh with leaving some room for for research but and yeah. i vow to you i vow to our audience that we will reveal finally for the first time in history, the name of the person who uh, shot the the shot heard around the world. <laughs> and by that, I mean, we're just going to make it up because nobody knows. <laughs> the first shot taken in the revolution. <laughs> and and we'll probably be, be able to pronounce everybody's names. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> you're, you're right. I'm, you're 100% right. <laughs> well that's the alamo uh thanks for listening make sure you tune in next time where we talk about the american revolution i'm looking forward to that uh, that's another subject that's going to be fascinating to me to get to study and stuff so i uh, hope you guys are enjoying this as much as us and then 
uh, stay tuned. Uh, go to our Facebook page. Uh, join us there. Matt does a really good job of keep, keeping that up to date. And uh, we appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, so, of course, don't forget that uh, while you're listening to Retro Pop, remember the Alamo. <laughs>